All right, Asa here with No Bones About Wrestling. Going to talk about tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. It's February 15th, and they were live from Laredo, Texas. Uh, Pretty good show. Not nearly as good as last week's. Last week's show was pretty great, I thought. This one... Uh, just kind of building some things up for the Revolu- uh, Revolution pay-per-view, March 5th. Uh, I have Kay Fabulous here with me. She may add some comments as we go. Uh, first matchup was the acclaimed Orange Cassidy and Daddy Ass against Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. Uh, of course, Jeff Jarrett coming into this match with a heavy heart as his father... Jerry Jarrett, the legendary Memphis promoter, uh, died yesterday at the age of 80. And Jeff Jarrett said he wanted to press on and do the match as it was booked. And so that's what he did. He came in and uh, Jarrett did a lot of the work for his team. Eventually, uh, our AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Guns, came out. And they watched the match from the ramp. Uh, Satnam Singh comes in, hits some moves, takes out everyone but Daddy Ass. Uh, they get dominated, the fans, boo Satnam Singh. Gunn comes in, hits a fame asser. Jeff Jarrett breaks out the Golden Globe Award, which I totally forgot that they even had. I, I'm not sure where that angle is going. Um, I'm not even sure who that actor is who, who has the Golden Globe. Uh, anyways, Jarrett breaks out the Golden Globe and begins hitting people with it. Uh, the acclaimed get Jarrett in a compromising situation, uh, and he, he goes out. They get Sanjay Dutt in the Scissor Me Timbers, and Anthony Bowens pins Sanjay Dutt. Uh, I'm gonna give this match three and a half bones out of five. Uh, at the end... Daddy Ass, Orange Cassidy, and the acclaimed engage in some four-way scissoring in the middle of the ring. The crowd loved it. Uh, there's a uh, next up. There's a short promo. Daniel Bryan, uh, and he tells MJF that the Boogeyman is coming for MJF's belt in the Iron Man match. Any thoughts on that first match? Um, I don't have any thoughts on that. All right. So next up, we had the Texas Tornado Tag Team Match. This one I enjoyed. Uh, We had the Blackpool Combat Club members, John Moxley and Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. They faced off against La Faction Ingobernable members, Roosh and Preston Vance. Uh, Right off the bat, the heels jumped Moxley and Claudio in the crowd the the fighting on the outside for a bit. Uh, the fight heads toward the ring, eventually makes it into the ring. Uh, Roosh and Preston Vance start double-teaming Moxley, and they're working him over. Claudio is, you know, disappeared the way that happens in, in these types of matches sometimes where someone will get hit with a move and they're down for five minutes. Uh, Claudio comes back to life, comes in for the save, Moxley gives Claudio Castagnoli a steel chair, and Claudio bulldogs Preston Vance onto the chair. 
They then show us Hangman Adam Page watching the match backstage. Preston Vance, he spears Moxley through the ropes to the outside, uh, also taking out Claudio Castagnoli and Roosh. Pretty impressive move there. Roosh hits Claudio in the shoulder with a chair. Looked like it hurt. Moxley, of course, it doesn't take much for, for him to bleed. He gets the juice going. He's bleeding. Preston Vance takes some of it, smears it onto his own chest. Roosh and Preston Vance, they're stretching Moxley, literally stretching Moxley, pulling on him. They look like they're going to pull him in half. It was a pretty painful-looking spot. Um, Vance, he gets a, a steel uh, metal chain, a pretty thick-looking metal chain. He hits Moxley in the head with it repeatedly. Uh, again, they show us Hangman Adam Page watching the match intently backstage. Claudio Castagnoli comes back in, saves Moxley's ass again. He grabs the chain, takes down Preston Vance, then attacks Vance in the corner. Now Vance is bleeding, and he is really bleeding. Uh, quite a bit of blood from Vance here. Claudio then swings Preston Vance in the big swing move. I love that move, one of my favorite Favorite moves in wrestling. Very entertaining. Uh, Jose, the assistant, comes in, nails Claudio with a chair. Uh, Claudio and Roosh then face off uh, with some chops from Roosh, some European uppercuts from Castagnoli. Preston Vance chokes Moxley out with the chain and tries to hang him over the ropes. And Moxley ends up getting the better of Preston Vance. He gets the chain. Locks on the Juji Katami on Preston Vance with the chain. Vance passes out. Referee calls for the match. Pretty good match here. I uh, give this one four bones out of five. After the match, Kip Sabian, the Butcher, and the Blade, they attack Hangman Adam Page backstage, and the Dark Order come in for the save. You have any thoughts on uh, the Texas Tornado tag team match? Yeah, so I actually thought that that match was so engaging and so intense that I completely forgot that the acclaimed match and the Jared Lethal match uh, even happened, which is why when you asked me about it, I kind of froze for a moment because to me, this was the first match of the night because it was the one that like pulled me in the most. Right. Um, I don't love that Claudio disappeared for an extended period of time. I feel like we see yeah, I hate that. hate when they do that in, ma in these yeah. matches. I, I feel like we see that a lot in WWE matches. For where sure. There, where there's more than just two competitors. Mm -hmm. And I don't want AEW to start mirroring that. Um, because I feel like it makes a much less engaging match. Um, also, I know you and I have different feelings on blood. I'm not a huge fan of Moxley bleeding anytime someone looks at him. I love um, blood. The more, yeah. the more, the merrier. Yeah, I'm not a big blood person, especially when it's, like, dripping off of them. And I don't mind it every now and then, but, like, with Moxley, it's, like, every match, it's, like, when is the blood going to start? And I feel like it has its place, and he overuses it. Mm. So, like, either his skin is, like, tissue paper thin, mm. or... Or he's overusing or, it. Or he's overusing it. Absolutely. All right, all right. Pretty good match. Match of the night, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Best match, match of the, of the night. night. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Wardlow. He's he's doing a sit down interview with good old Jr. Uh, Jim Ross asked about Samoa Joe, and Wardlow uh, 
instead of really talking much about Samoa Joe, he shares a story about his his father, saying his father uh, kind of raised him up and taught him the way to, to be until he was eight. And then for an extended period from the time he was eight to the time he was a young man, his father was out of his life. Didn't really say why, maybe divorce or something like that. He didn't say why. And he says when he was a young man, he and his father then reconnected. But his father had stage four cancer. And this is right at the start of Wardlow's wrestling career. Uh, But he ended up, he was able to see Wardlow's uh, first matches. And his father passed away from cancer. And Wardlow says uh, he hadn't really ever grown out his hair, grown out his beard. And they show a picture of his father with his woolly hair and a, a long beard. And he says, kind of in, in honor of his father, he wanted, because, because the hair had been taken away from his father uh, by the cancer, by the treatments, he wanted to grow out his own hair, uh, kind of as a fuck you to, to cancer. Uh, so Wardlow says that when Samoa Joe cut Wardlow's hair, he was also kind of cutting the connection to his father, and he's not going to stand for that. Uh, in fact, going so far as to say Samoa Joe will not survive him. Pretty strong words. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more out of these two, both you know, heavy-hitting, strong-style type guys. Uh, I've enjoyed what we've seen so far, and I uh, look forward to, to more. Uh, next up, we had Mark Briscoe taking on Josh Woods, who was, of course, accompanied by smart Mark Sterling. Uh, Ari Davari and Tony Nice, they they attack Mark Briscoe, uh, and the Lucha Brothers actually run down for the save, and the crowd in Laredo, they're, they're Laredo, Texas, they love it. Uh, Josh Woods hits a pretty impressive corkscrew suplex from the apron to the floor, and he and Briscoe fight on the outside for a while. Woods takes control, Briscoe doing a lot of selling for him, uh, Briscoe comes back, breaks out his redneck kung fu in the match on Woods. Uh, Briscoe jumps off a chair to cannonball Woods onto the outside. Uh, and eventually Briscoe hits uh, a pretty impressive jumping elbow drop for the pin. I gave this one three and a half bones out of five. Uh, pretty entertaining, nothing, nothing too major here. I loved it. I, th- I would give it way more than, than three and a half bones. Yeah, uh, what did you love about it? I just love Mark Briscoe. I haven't seen the Briscoes wrestle very much. Um, and so it was it was cool to get to see Mark wrestling on AW again. Um, he's definitely in- entertaining. Yeah, he's, he's entertaining. I loved his use of the chair. I loved how he used the chair to pump the crowd up first, uh, using that to like get the crowd in rhythm with him. And then... I expected him to hit someone with it because that's what you expect when you see someone with a chair and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, using it as like a launch pad, I thought that was clever. Um, and yeah, he's just his selling is spot on, and I look forward yeah. to seeing him in more matches. Hopefully, I hope he sticks around in AEW. Definitely. Well, he and he may end up being on the. You know, today it was announced. Uh, Tony Khan is starting the weekly Ring of Honor shows. If you're an Honor Club member, like we are. Uh, you, you'll get to see those. And Mark Briscoe, uh, the reason I bring that up, Mark Briscoe is still one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Of course, the title he held was uh, his late brother, Jay. So it's yet to be seen 
what are they going to do with the tag team titles? You know, is Mark going to defend them alone? Are they going to let him pick a new partner? Are they going to vacate the belts? What are they going to do? And is Mark Briscoe, is he going to be in AEW more? Or are we going to see him in Ring of Honor? You know, it's yet to be seen. But whatever they do, yeah, like you said, I look forward to seeing more of them. I'm not too familiar with them. Haven't watched a ton of Ring of Honor, but I'm definitely going to watch some more Briscoe matches, yeah. Uh, Then we have a a short sit-down interview. Uh, Renee Paquette interviews Adam Cole. Uh, nice to see him back. He says he's getting little victories and has come back from concussion, I think he had, saying, you know, being able to ride in a car without wanting to vomit is a you know, small victories. Uh, Adam Cole also says the AEW roster has never been better, and he's looking forward to, to his matches coming back. He says he has a couple ideas of who he wants to wrestle, but he won't tell. He's keeping his cards close to the vest there. Uh, I'm looking forward, whoever he wants to fight, I'm looking forward to seeing Adam Cole back in the ring. Uh, He's definitely been missed. Uh, Next up, MJF comes out, uh, spits his gum at someone uh, in the audience on the way down. Um, He calls the fans disgusting, filthy little monsters says that he's honest about who he is. He's the devil. Claims Brian Danielson isn't the man he pretends to be. That he pretends to be better than MJF. And MJF hates Danielson because the people think Danielson is better than MJF. Crowd at this point, they're chanting, MJF, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Uh, they don't enjoy getting made fun of by MJF. Uh, he claims he's the best wrestler in the world, unlike Danielson has convinced the fans. He then calls out Christopher Daniels uh, for some reason, uh, who says that MJF paid him an obscene amount of money to come out there and talk down Brian Danielson. Uh, Christopher Daniels then goes on to detail how wonderful Danielson is as a wrestler. Uh, He talks about how instrumental Brian Danielson was in Ring of Honor starting up in the first place and says Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world. Calls MJF a fraud. MJF knocks the mic out of Daniel's hand. Daniel slaps MJF. MJF then kicks Christopher Daniels in the nuts, puts him in the salt of the earth armbar. Brian Danielson runs out makes a save, MJF runs away. Uh, kind of odd bringing Christopher Daniels, didn't really add a, a whole lot. I'm not sure why involve him in the feud at this point. He got a big pop when he came He out. did, yeah. yeah. Like a he did. surprisingly big pop. I don't know if he has some sort of Laredo connection. I don't know, but he did. It, but yeah. Well, just, you know, he's not on, on the show mm-hmm. all the time. Well, plus he's been out with that eye injury. Well, I think he's been a road agent for them. Okay. I believe that's the role that he's been doing. I'm not 100% on that, but I think so. Um, he's kind of, he's not retired, but he's inching his way there. I think he's 51, 52 years old, somewhere around there. So I think he's looking at retirement. But uh, but back to, uh, you know, they're building MJF versus Brian Danielson for this 
one-hour Ironman match at the Revolution pay-per-view, March 5th. And, of course, just talking about uh, an Ironman match in AEW, it makes you think back to last year when Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson had, what was it, two? two yeah. Just classic mm-hmm. Ironman matches. And it makes you wonder, is MJF, can, can he hang with Danielson the way Adam Page did? Or, you know, are we going to see another classic? Or are they going to be overshadowed by what Danielson and Hangman Adam Page already did? I think it's hard to gauge because, like, we see MJF wrestle so infrequently that I feel like there's not a lot to go on to know how he'll do hanging in on a match with any kind of real length to it because those happen so infrequently for him. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. I, he has some moves. Now, we know Brian Danielson has enough maneuvers to <laughs> yeah. last a one-hour match. Does MJF have enough in his bag mm-hmm. to to make it entertaining and convincing for a one-hour match? Now, he's good when we see him, like you said, but we see him so infrequently, I, I agree, it is hard to gauge. We'll see how this goes i i don't think they would they would do it i don't think danielson would do it without being confident that mjf can pull it off yeah but uh we will see we'll see at the pay-per-view i just feel like the mj no, that the, the um danielson page matches had such good pacing and such good storytelling to them oh yeah oh yeah that it'll be interesting to see if mjf is capable of doing that right for, for that length of time mm-hmm uh, next up, uh, we have a little video package uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Guns. And they talk about how everyone is talking them down. And they're saying, you know, uh, well, we've only had, what they say? We've only had 10 televised matches. You know, everyone's saying they're green, they're young, they don't deserve the belts, this and that. They're not as over as the acclaimed, which that's for damn sure. Yeah. They're not as over as the acclaimed. Um they say, you know, we're sorry we didn't have to work for $10 and a handshake, which is a pretty funny line, <laughs> talking about the independent wrestling scene. And I'll tell you, the, the brief time that I was a, a manager in the Indies, I did not make $10. I got a handshake, though. <laughs> so uh, that was more than I got. Uh, they also say this isn't a fairy tale. It's not going to have a happy ending. So the gun's looking to hang on to their belts. Next up, Jungle Boy Jack Perry taking on Brian Cage with Prince Nana in his corner. Uh, Cage starts off the match pretty hot, uh, hitting some moves, and in fact gets overconfident, perhaps, and starts posing, building up his spirit meter. As we always say, if you've played the WCW NWO Revenge game or No Mercy, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there was one point here where Brian Cage gave Jack Perry a chop to the chest, and Jack Perry took this ridiculous, you know, pratfall. He comes walking halfway across the ring and falls down from this chop. I don't know what that was about. Um, there's a big belly-to-belly suplex by Brian Cage and more posing. And then the match starts going a little more back and forth, uh, Perry gets Cage down, hits a big splash for a two count, and then picks Brian Cage up, and this was pretty shocking, hits him with a Death Valley driver. 
which I was kind of surprised Jack Perry uh, could support Brian Cage's weight in that way. But he did, and he hit the move. Uh, and Jungle Boy, in fact, he rolls up Brian Cage, pins him for the one, two, three. Uh, so this match, uh, pretty good. Um, I, ga- I gave it three and a half bones out of five. And after the match, Christian, his music hits. He returns. He comes out and he sprays Jack Perry in the eyes with an aerosol can. The announcers are saying perhaps it's mace or something like that. Christian then hits his finisher, hits the kill switch on Jack Perry and leaves him laying on the ramp as he exits. So this Christian and Jack Perry feud that uh, was was started, and Christian, of course, got injured. Looks like they're going to pick this back up. Uh, what did you think about this one? Any thoughts? I know you're, you're not a Brian Cage <laughs> fan. I'm not a Brian Cage fan. I'm not a Christian fan. Mm. I felt sorry for Jack Perry uh, that they're picking this feud up from, what was it? It was like six months ago or something ridiculous that Christian got injured. Which is why it was also ridiculous that Christian came out with his arm in a sling, feigning that he was still injured. Right, uh, yeah, they quick, he quickly yeah. pulled that off, yeah. yeah, pulled the sling off. Um, I just think, I, I feel like they don't know what to do with Jack Perry at this point. Um, hmm. I think they want to push him. Right, not, definitely. Not, not to the top yet, but I, I feel like they want to give him a push. But they're doing it by giving him matches with boring people. Hmm. Um Maybe a push a push towards the TNT title, yeah. or maybe, well, maybe Orange Cassidy's All Atlantic title. They, Probably more towards the TNT title, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, which Samoa Joe has though. Yeah, okay. that'd be interesting. Jungle Boy and Samoa Joe. I would say that's ridiculous, but Samoa Joe and Darby Allen, I feel like like Jack, yeah, they Perry, did Jack Perry and Darby Allen are appropriately sized and. Like, I wouldn't really picture either of them going against Samoa Joe, but the Darby-Samoa uh, matches were good. So, they had one so, great match. Yeah. Darby and Samoa Joe had one great match for the yeah. one where Darby pulled the fucking ring apart. Yeah. yeah I love that match. That yeah. was a fun one. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how they how they play this feud. Uh, they're at a crucial point with Jack Perry here where he's split from Luchasaurus, and he does kind of feel like he's treading water until they figure out what they want to do with him. And, uh, you know, Jim Ross, I know, is big on Jack Perry. He'll all, he'll tell you all the time. And, yeah, I think they – he needs some work on the mic for sure. Yeah. Um, he keeps getting better in the ring, I think. Uh, so they've got something with Jack Perry, but, right, how's it going to go? You know, and he's one of the young pillars of the company, as they call yeah. them. I just think they need to give him someone decent to feud against that can mm-hmm. help him on the mic, like, as far as – selling the story which i think is what they're trying to do with christian but i just think i don't think i'm i'm alone on this based on what i see on twitter uh but i feel like christian is not as engaging as he maybe once was on the mic um and so i feel captain like that, charisma they call him yeah <laughs> wait sarcastically or that's like that, that was, that was really what they call him or really a nickname that was really his nickname <laughs> um, that's hard to imagine uh but yeah, I just feel like they need they need someone that he can have a storyline building with that feels like it's going somewhere meaningful. Well, we'll see what they do. I mean, I agree with you. We'll see what they do with the Christian feud, how long it goes on. It feels like it's been going 
forever. And uh, I'm not sure how interested I am in it right now. Just the Christian turning on him thing and Christian, you know, being this father figure to Jack Perry who turned on him. Uh, I'm not sure how interested I am in, the, in that whole story. We'll see how they play it, though. Uh, they announced that they're um, to find contenders for the guns. There's going to be a tag team battle royal. Uh, and then there's going to be a casino tag team battle royal. And they're making this announcement, and the acclaimed come out, and they, uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass come out and interrupt and say that the acclaimed are invoking their rematch clause. Uh, so uh, the title match at Revolution is going to be a four-way match. You're going to have the guns defending the titles against the acclaimed, the winners of the tag team battle royal, and the winners of the casino tag team battle royal, uh, if you can follow that. That's what they're doing with the tag belts. Can I ask you a question about that? Sure. Have you heard the phrase uh, rematch clause mentioned on AEW before tonight? That's a good question. I don't I don't think I have. You know, we heard that in WWE for years. Yeah, and then it's You got the rematch clause, yeah. yeah, and then they did away with it. Uh, but I don't remember hearing it on AEW. I, I, tonight was I the could be wrong. I, uh, I'm sure somebody's going to tell me how wrong I am. But I don't remember hearing it, yeah. So that's a good question. Because if it's right, if it's a clause, why haven't we heard it before? Mm-hmm. Will we hear it again? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so we cut backstage. Uh, we have the Elite, uh, Don Callis and Nakazawa back there. And they're actually they're talking about the NBA All-Star Game that, that's coming up Sunday. Uh, Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. Uh, but they're talking about uh, basketball, playing with basketballs, and then AR Fox and Top Flight show up, and they challenge the Elite to a rematch. Of course, they had that uh, tremendous match last week on Dynamite. That was the match match of the night, match of the week on, mm-hmm. on wrestling television, I think. The, uh, amazing match with Top Flight and AR Fox pulling out incredible aerial moves. Mm-hmm. Uh and, of course, enough said, they're in the ring with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. It's going to be good shit. And and that's exactly what it was. Great match. I'm glad they're doing it again. Uh, it's kind of like the thing with uh, with the Young Bucks uh, and Kenny Omega versus Death Triangle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. Keep doing it. Why not? <laughs> let's see it again, you know. Keep it fresh and uh, if you can, and, and let's let's do it some more. I'm loving the the trios, uh, the trios belts. May be my favorite uh, belt in AEW. I mean, the matches that we've seen in this division so far are great. They, there's some great teams. Of course, you got the House of Black, too. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the trios division develops. Well, in that promo, the House of Black, when the when the video glitched. There was images of the House of Black in those glitches, so it makes you think that they're going to be going for those trio spelts after the. I didn't notice that. I think I was I was, I was talking on Twitter on my phone yeah. or something. But uh, that's good to good to know. That was the only way the House of Black had anything to do with this show. Mm-hmm. So they keep Tony Khan keeps you know are they going to be on television or are they not? 
I mean, I think all three of those guys are pretty good. Uh, I think Malachi Black and uh, Buddy Matthews are great. And I think Brody King is, is very good as well. I want to see more out of all three of them, mm-hmm. for sure. Next up, uh, Hangman Adam Page taking on Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford in his corner. Uh, Hangman attacks Sabian from the bell. Uh, Sabian turns it around and, in fact, hits a moonsault to the outside. Kind of a, a sit-down springboard moonsault on Hangman. Uh, they head back into the ring. Goes back and forth. Hangman on page hits a sit-out sit power bomb, And they're talking about Kip Sabian maybe having a, a screw loose, maybe having some mental problems. And they talk about Kip Sabian sitting in the crowds at AEW shows and wearing the box on his head for months. And whatever was the deal with that, nothing ever became of it or a box on his head. And I, th- I think they would put question marks on it. And uh, I can't remember. It said something about being overrated or something. Or being underrated. Underrated. Something. But who knows? Uh, I'm not sure what the point of that was. Uh, nothing ever came of it. Nothing I remember. Well, that was when he was injured, too. Remember right. He was out for a while, so I think that was a way to... Keep him in the storyline without him having to really be in the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so eventually here, Hangman uh, hits the dead eye and pins Sabian. Uh, gave this one three and a half bones out of five as well. Uh, so the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta at least, they come out. Brian Danielson's still in the group, but he doesn't come out. Moxley says that he has no res- uh, that he has respect for Page, but no fear for him. Uh, he also says that there's no chance that Page will ever beat him again. Uh, he's acting very heelish, but the crowd is chanting for Moxley. The crowd, you know, loving Moxley. Page says that the feud he has with Moxley is the type of feud that doesn't end in the ring, doesn't end with a a roll-up, like the way Moxley won their last meeting. Page says that it's the kind of feud that ends in a cold, dark alley. Says that the feud ends at Revolution. John Moxley says the emo cowboy has no friends, which, of course, that brings out the Dark Order. Uh, Evil Luno takes the mic, uh... Kind of tells Hangman to back up. He's going to talk to Moxley. He says he's not afraid of Moxley. And then he kind of uh, pie-faces him, shoves shoves Moxley in the face. Uh, pisses off Moxley. Nothing really comes of it, nothing physical. Uh, Moxley says at Revolution, he wants a Texas death match. So for those of you, if you don't know what that is, uh, there will be variations on it. But the classic one that, that I think of, and we'll see if this is the way AEW does it, uh, back at Halloween Havoc 1993, there's the spin the wheel, make the deal match. Big Van Vader defending the world title against Cactus Jack, where they had this giant wheel, and it had all different types of matches on it. And you, you spun it at the beginning of the show, and that's, and that's what the main event would be. That's the gimmick that the main event would be. And in 93, they got a Texas death match. And so what that is, is uh, you, you pin your opponent, falls could count anywhere, 
you pin your opponent, and they have uh, 10 seconds to, to get up after. It was 10 seconds or, or 30 seconds, something like that. They have a period of time to get up. And if they don't get up in that time, the match is over. But So you could pin a guy 10 times, and if he gets up 10 times, the match keeps going until uh, you've pinned him and kept him down. And that's a Texas death match. And like I said, we've seen variations on the rules, so it'll be interesting to see how AEW chooses to use the rules, what rules that they, they choose. And that's going to be a revolution? Right. So that's going to be in the same night as the Iron Man match. Correct. So that's going to be two long-ass matches. I, yep. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, backstage, we cut to the Jericho Appreciation Society, and they're talking shit about Ricky Starks. Jericho says Ricky Starks deserves no more matches with him, uh, which is it's weird because, you know, Ricky Starks already beat Jericho. And feel you know Ricky Starks is chasing Jericho, just because he wants to beat him again. It's not that Starks had, had got this injustice, and Jericho won out. Starks already beat him, and Jericho keeps talking shit so badly, or he keeps talking shit that Starks wants so badly to beat him again. So that's where the chase is coming from, uh, in this situation. Uh. So Daniel Garcia uh, starts uh, chatting and says that he's fighting Ricky Starks on Rampage and he's going to expose Starks as not being worthy to to fight Daniel Garcia. So he's definitely not worthy to fight Chris Jericho again. So we'll see. It feels like you know, uh, it feels like we're going towards Jericho versus Starks at the pay per view. Feels pretty obvious. We'll see. Um. So let's talk about the pay-per-view for, for a minute here. A uh, couple matches are official now. Um, this one, I hadn't heard that it was official until tonight on the show. Uh, Samoa Joe is going to defend the TNT title against Wardlow on the pay-per-view. So that should be, as I said before, should be a pretty good battle I, I really enjoy both of those guys. I want to see them beat the hell out of each other, and I think that'll be a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got that match for the TNT title. Uh, we've got MJF defending the world title, of course, against Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Iron Man match. And an Iron Man match, of course, being whoever can record the most falls in 60 minutes is the winner. Uh, so that should be a good one. Uh, 60 minutes, that's a long time. You know, you really got to occupy people, uh, people's interests. So we'll see if they pull it off. Um, also, now they, they make it official very quickly. John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page in the Texas death match. Uh, should be a good one. As you said, we're looking at two pretty long singles matches there. And then uh, the last match that's official is the other one that they announced tonight where the Guns defend the World Tag Team titles against the Acclaimed and the winners of these two Tag Team Battle Royals that they're going to have. Speaking of booking matches, after that uh, confrontation in the ring uh, with Moxley and Page and the Dark Order and the Blackpool Combat Club, they've booked John Moxley versus Evil Uno 
for next week on Dynamite. Uh, so, seems like a foregone conclusion, but Evil Uno wanted to stand up for his friend, and uh, he's going to get what's coming to him against John Moxley. He's going to get his ass handed to him, probably. Hopefully that'll do something for the Dark Order, though, because I don't know if you noticed when they came out to... To stand by their friend. Uh, Not the much reaction. Was, oh my god, the crowd was yeah. so dead. Not much reaction at all. so dead. Um, and they were super over, it felt like, for a while. When, yeah. when they were, you know, doing when they were comedy. Doing when they were doing comedy angles. When they were doing any angles. I feel like they haven't been on TV for much Yeah, they've kind of just been there to chime in and yeah. be like, we love you, Hangman. Yeah. That kind of thing. They haven't done much to speak of. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll see where that faction's going. Of course, you know, they really took a big hit when uh, Brody Lee died. Mm-hmm. I think they had way, way different plans in place for the Dark Order yeah. than we've seen. And they, 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 they hit on some comedic gold with, you know, Johnny Hungy, John Silver. Mm-hmm. Um but now they kind of feel like they're treading water, right? Don't really have a purpose. So, we'll see. Maybe well, this... And they're bleeding members. Like... Right, yeah. Lost Preston Vance. They came out. They used to have, you know, uh, an army of guys, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ten, ten people. And now there's sort of three guys in the group. There's yeah. Alex Reynolds and Evil Uno and uh, John Silver. Yeah. Uh, so, next up... Uh, Stokely Hathaway, Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy, uh, the firm as they're known, they're backstage. Uh, Stokely Hathaway says that last week Hook broke his arm and he wants justice. I'm not normally one that supports Stokely Hathaway, but this got me so behind him. I loved this, this angle. I loved it. Yeah, he said he wants justice. He said Hook should be fired. And he said, you know what I did this weekend? I was on conference calls with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Angela Davis to address this grievous injustice that I've faced. Look at me. I'm a freak of nature. I have this broken arm. Uh, and, then the, and then Matt Hardy asks where Hathaway was because there was a party. Uh, and it's announced that Hook has been, because of breaking Hathaway's arm, Hook has been suspended pending an investigation. This is the first we've heard of any investigatory wing of AEW. Uh, So who will be conducting this investigation? Uh, Will it be Tony Khan? What are they investigating? Who knows? We'll see where that goes. But yeah, Hook apparently suspended now. The the FTW champion uh, was not at the show tonight. So the first night of his suspension, not on television. Next up, we had our main event. Uh, it's a women's triple threat. We had Tony Storm, accompanied by Soraya. And she took on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Ruby Soho. And before the match begins, Soraya pulls a fan, uh, in quotes, pulls a fan out over the railing and starts attacking her just to show how mean she is. Uh, and when she makes her entrance, Ruby Soho comes down and checks on the fan, you know, to show how, how nice a gal she is. Uh, match starts off with Ruby Soho on the offensive, 
and she's kind of stuck in the middle of this of this feud between Tony Storm and Dr. Britt Baker. There's a spot uh, here where Ruby, she gets thrown into the turnbuckle, and she has her legs through the ropes and is kind of laying there, and she looked like she was kind of stuck. I'm not sure what that spot was supposed to be, but it looked like something was off. Um... So Tony Storm, she gets Ruby Soho on her knees and starts kicking the crap out of her. Uh, kicks look pretty good. She's working her over pretty well. Ruby Soho selling for Tony Storm. Uh, Soho then uh, makes kind of a comeback, and she's in charge, hitting some of her offense on Dr. Britt Baker. Tony Storm breaks that up. Uh, the crowd at this point chanting DMD, chanting for Britt Baker. Tony Storm German suplexes Ruby Soho while Dr. Britt Baker rolls her up. Uh, no pin. Britt Baker and Tony Storm start trading these elbow shots in the middle of the ring. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker grabs Tony Storm, hits her in a swinging neck breaker. Ruby Soho heads to the top rope. Uh, she misses the top rope move. And gets put in a Texas Cloverleaf. Uh, Soraya, at this point, she comes in and attacks Britt Baker. And in, a, in, a, in an odd spot, Soraya sprays. This is what they Soraya and Tony Storm do, is they attack women, and then they spray an L on them uh, for loser. So Soraya comes in, and she sprays an L on Tony Storm's, on the ass of her pants, and then Tony Storm runs. They have Britt Baker down in one corner. And Tony Storm runs from one corner across the ring to the other and hits Britt Baker in the face with her ass. Uh, you know, so the, the L is uh, like on her face, yeah. imprinted on her face. Uh, anyways. Uh, so Ruby Soho pins Britt Baker. Uh I wasn't too big on this match. Uh, I give it three bones out of five. It was a pretty disappointing main event to me. It just uh, didn't really go anywhere. Didn't really, uh, and, and then if you're going to do the story, didn't really do anything for the story. In fact, after the match, uh, there's more arguing between these these sides, and Ruby Soho literally is stuck in the middle, and she screams, "Enough!" and uh, there's arguing, and the show goes off the air. So. Yeah, I feel like they let the story get in the way of the match with us. I, I, see, I, think, I see what you're saying. I yeah. think it could have been, like, I was excited about this main event, uh, which I have not watched a lot of women's wrestling in AEW, because when I started watching AEW, I was not that impressed with the women's wrestling, but I've recently started giving it a more of a chance, and I feel like Tony Storm is awesome. I'm 100% mm. in her corner. Yeah, she's good. And I think that the match had a good pace going for it. I mean, all and, three of these women are talented. Yeah. They're good. It's not that they're not good. Yeah, I think the interference of Jamie Hayter, who was in Britt Baker's corner, right. um, and Soraya in the match really took away from the flow that they had going. Definitely. Um, 
And then the bit with the spray paint. It was stupid. And it was stupid. It, like, stopped the match, essentially, for it, a minute. It did, and, yeah. And then it... The fans so it, were trying to figure out why she's spraying her teammate's ass. Yeah, it was... And then uh, the payoff wasn't great because it didn't actually... Because it didn't imprint. It didn't, it didn't stick to the pants, and then it didn't imprint onto the face. Right. And so it was kind of a... I wonder if they tested that before they put it into practice. Um, it was just nothing. Nothing happened. Yeah, and, and on a show that had such great matches throughout the night... I don't for, know if we said it had great matches. It had there was several. There was one very good match. One very like good match. The Texas Tornado I, match. I, I give the Briscoe match a higher rating than you do. And and also the Kip Sabian one I enjoyed. I thought it's it's underrated over it was what it's, I looked it up for, for his box. And okay. I agree. Um, but I think that that was an odd match to end on in the way that they they had it play out. Yeah. I think it could have been a main event, but it wasn't. Right. If they were going to do it the way they did it, it shouldn't have been the main event. Exactly. Yeah. They could easily just had this next to last mm-hmm. and put that awesome Texas tornado as the main event, send the fans home happy yeah. instead of having a kind of a schmoz ending and a storyline unresolved and no progress made in the storyline either between mm-hmm. these women. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, not as good as last week's show. I mean, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. There are some things moving forward, uh, some angles moving forward, and we're starting to see AEW Revolution on March 5th, starting to see that take shape, and it's looking to be an awesome show with the matches we have so far. We'll see what what they add to it. But it looks like it's going to be a great pay-per-view. Uh, but this week for the AEW Dynamite Report, that is it. Uh, this is Asa signing off. For Kay Fabulous, thank you for being with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your your insights, and hopefully you'll uh, we'll have you again. And uh, y'all have a good night, and uh, I will see you Friday for SmackDown and AW Rampage. Bye.